I'm Christy Hurt, the founder of The CoLab, which is a member-led, inclusive global networking community for fashion, beauty, wellness, retail, and consumer luxury professionals. I'm glad you're back for season two, where we have more career stories. Every week, two members interview each other, so you'll get to hear two different stories. I hope you'll learn from these stories, listen to them, share them, and join us and tell your own story. Hi, I'm Elwes Goodman, and I'm here in New York, and I'm thrilled to be interviewing Jermaine Francis, who is a photographer based in London that I've had the pleasure of working with, and um, we're here to hear all about his story. Uh, I'm currently um, producing content for ELF Cosmetics, uh, virtually and sometimes in person, so that's been great. Jermaine, tell us what you've been up to, and I want to hear about your book. I have been taking lots of pictures, as per usual. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I've been actually really busy for the last year, 18 months. So it's kind of a bit, uh, yeah, it's kind of strange. You know, I've been really, really busy in a time where things have almost kind of stopped. And I produced a book from the me documenting the first lockdown between March to November. 2020 and I self decided to self-publish the book and work on loads of different interesting projects as well so it's been an interesting time for me during a period where I've also been quite mindful in a period where a lot of people have been struggling in many different levels um so yeah I've been up to a lot which I guess we'll get through during this whole conversation Um, yeah your book is absolutely gorgeous and and um I don't know. Well, you know, I'm a great fan of your work anyway, but I think, um, and I'm thrilled that you've been so busy. So, but it's ironic because I don't know, you know, I just know your story from when we were first introduced and when we first worked together for, for Luxup, but I don't know anything about you from before that. Yeah. So t- uh, tell yeah. us where you grew up and how you got started. Like, you know, how did you want to be a photographer? So I grew up in the West Midlands, um, which is basically it's in the middle of a country. A lot of people know the West Midlands from Birmingham, which is the second biggest city. And my parents had been brought here as children as part of a generation, the Windrush generation. And they grew up in the Midlands. They met here, in, met not here, but actually in the West Midlands. And I grew up in a, we moved from Birmingham to a, a place called the Black Country, which is, basically a it was very industrial town which has now become post-industrial so a very working class area with sort of new middle class moving in you know my parents my dad was a, a builder a subcontractor my mom was a nurse so then she became a health visitor but she she came from a very academic background so I, I, was, I was quite lucky. I had an auntie who was an art teacher. Uh, my mom, I, funnily enough, my mom took a lot of photographs as well. She has a lot of photo albums. It's quite interesting. So I always forget, I've got her first camera here with me, which was a little Kodak instant, instant camera. So took a lot of pictures and you know, it was quite a very stimulating sort of background I had. And I grew up with a lot of women mainly um i think it was the only boy in the family for quite a while the cousins so it was it was quite it was a really and like my aunties were traveling was doing stuff they were interesting so i was very lucky in that aspect and i was an athlete 
for a while. I, I did play a lot of sports. I played football. Uh, I joined the Albion youth, youth team, which was a professional club. But I took athletics because I I became like number two at the national championships. Amazing. So I, I did a lot, which you would call track and field in America. Right. Uh, and then what happened, I became in, so it was really funny that path had almost been mapped out for me in my head as being an athlete, but then I became, I became injured at the age of 15 and my career finished technically after having this really promising career. But I always, my, my parents always made sure education was the number one thing. And I'd always been really good at art and interested in art and I'd always been interested in history all those kind of things. I was always, my mom said I was very inquisitive, always in, always asking questions, always that I was kind of brought up in that kind of family, in that way. And being, especially growing up eighties as a young black male, especially in a, in the in, in England, in the West Midlands, which had a lot of racism, a lot of nationalism was going on. It was almost like they're preparing me for life. Right, in, right. In, in a way, it was quite interesting. Very like hard work ethic. Uh, always had to, you know. You, my dad sort of used to call it immigrant work mentality. You know, always sort yeah. of like you don't yeah. have to be complacent. You've got to work hard. Right. Um, I, I I feel like I grew up with a little bit of that too. My family were immigrants. I mean, my parents were, but my grandparents were, and it definitely trickles down. That it really affects, it, does, it, it affects who you become. Yeah, it really does. Uh, and those things have definitely, definitely affected who, who I am, and in, in some ways positive, in some ways negative. But I, you know, I, I went to, you know, I was I was bright at school, but I used to get distracted. I did my A levels in art. I actually failed those A levels because I was distracted. There was other stuff going on at the time. We were going up during clubbing period, and dance clubs and acid house had began, and there was this whole sort of rebellious nature almost counterculture nature, I guess grunge right, was around yeah. as well. Um, and then I, I did my foundation course in art. Uh, and I was always, I loved sculpture. I loved painting. I wasn't very good at painting, uh, if I, to be honest. I think one of my old lecturers who I saw the other day from my college said, you really, you really tried hard. You really worked hard. But <laughs> I just, ha- I just... My hand and eye coordination, it's just, sometimes it's, it's just like particular things. But I met a lecturer there and, and sort of foundation courses, the course that you do before you go into university, if you do arts, is the course that you do which grounds you and teaches you how to think and how to make work and you try everything. And I discovered photography. Uh, he gave me Lee Friedlander's Like a One-Eyed Cat. Oh, wow. And growing up in where I grew, it was really industrial. It was quite ugly. You know, it wasn't a beautiful yeah. place. Factories. There was yeah, like nice industrial. houses, but a real mix. It was, it was quite strange. Places that were in the other part of the area quite run down. But what was amazing, I saw this, this photographer who could make and contextualize his world through a frame of a camera and produce this amazing imagery. So it was because of Friedland and why I wanted to be a photographer, but inspired me to take photos. Oh, how great! I, I love that, and I I um I love hearing about how your your family, you know, really grounded you with education. My mother, who was also in her creative field, used to 
um, always say that the most important thing is to get an education because then you can go and do anything. That was the same with um, my family. And, um, you know, I, I always used to joke that before I went into the world of photography, I used to be able to write and then, you know, it became all about pictures. But now we're in a sort of a blended world where you really have to be able to write and take pictures. No, it's about self-expression yeah. and, um, and it's great to be able to, I, I don't know. I, I always found, I always find you to be articulate both with the wor- spoken word and with uh, pictures with visuals. So you're, you're doubly gifted. It's amazing. Yeah. I think this been through a lot of training and hard work. I mean, it's uh, one of the things I think, there's certain qualities I know I had and I think I got them as a child and I was that and I was an only child even though but I I was an only child in a sense if I don't have any I have a a half brother but he lives in Canada and we 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 have um different mothers but I spent a lot of time I spent time with a lot of people or I was on my own it was one or the other it was never in the middle um so my mom said you I was always really good at trying to contextualize the world and what photography allowed me to do was then understand where I lived and where I came from and try and understand the world it was amazing to be able to just walk around the streets and make imagery and 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 suddenly what was a really ugly factory notice there were beautiful details or and so that was quite that was liberating and I ended up going to do a BA in photography at Derbyshire, which was renowned, especially at that time, being one of the courses in the country that dealt with photography as a art practice, but also theoretical. And he'd he'd been one of these sort of sort of courses which was a benchmark for that there was Nottingham Trent as well there was Brighton there was Bournemouth and we we had particular we had a really really strong selection of lecturers and theorists so you know I was lucky I'd go in there and we'd we read Derrida, Bartz you know the reading list we had feminist studies amazing we had Judith you know reading Judith Butler, Griselda Pollock and then we had like Alan Sekula come in and give a talk Wow. You know, stuff like that, you know, about fish stories. One of my lecturers, Lynn Silverman, who I think teaches at Maryland now, was a really big influence. Um, she was amazing. Uh, John Blakemore. Uh, Karen Knorr was there. That's so great. Uh, lots of um, Steve Edwards, who's a, a, a historian, a writer, Gene Baird. It was it was brilliant. So from Jed, who who had also studied there, so I I kind of went through the system, and I was I, you know that was a school of thought that I came from. How, and, but how did they prepare you? Sorry to interrupt, but how did they prepare you to sort of join the professional slash commercial world, or or maybe they, they, didn't. Or maybe they didn't? You know, well, and, and and what was your first break then, or how did how did you translate this amazing education you had into? into a career so what happened was that basically I, I came out with like a first class honors and I think the route would have been I would have gone into academia and I would have joined the gallery route because I, I was making right. work and I'd been offered an exhibition but I I, I I basically burnt out I also became quite disillusioned with the gallery world mm. I, I, I kind of may have been quite idealistic in my position on stuff of looking at the world and I can relate to that because I had an opportunity at one point to go into the gallery world and thought I'd rather help create commercial 
images, beautiful images that were yeah. commercial because it seemed more honest. And that's <laughs> kind of what happened exactly the same as me. I was like, and I'd always grown up with pop, and everything was, it was funny. I watched a lecture by David Campany the other day, and it, I'd grown up through popular culture. You know, I'd had the Face magazine, ID. Uh, there were conversations. You know, I learned about the Taliban in the Face magazine at the time. You know, things that were really obscure. Uh, I really did respect a lot of the photography coming out at that, to- at that time. I think you know, so it would have been Corin Day, it would have been Sims. There was Lutchford, there was Sorrenti. There was some interesting. Yeah. There was David LaChapelle who was making amazing this amazing group. work. Um, you know, and also you know, I looked at Avedon obviously for portraiture before so as well as looking at say Sakula and Friedlander uh you know Jeff Wall because I actually really wanted my dream was to go and try and work for Jeff Wall that's what it was always my when I was at university but then I became quite disillusioned with all this and I ended up going back to Birmingham and I knew I had to leave Birmingham because there was nothing there for me for what I wanted to do. Right. So I thought about, well, I can go to London and assist because I actually wanted to learn loads of other stuff. And I was interested in the magazine world. And I ended up, I sent out so many letters, so many CVs. Right. Back in the day when it had to be analog, right? <laughs> yeah, it was CVs, it was phoning up. This was about 97, 98. And also I was entering an industry which on the photography side, okay, the photography side, there were, there were photographers who were about like codes of below for it, but there weren't hardly any assistants. So I was like, weirdly, there was probably myself, maybe one of her, but we, I was the anomaly. And actually, Rankin gave me a job. Oh, wow. um, and, and I worked for him in at Dazed, and that was about 98, like just basically going in. And then from then on, I managed to go and I went the assisting route. So I assisted, I think, uh, yeah, I said a lot of like Kate Jones. Well, it was such an amazing moment too in London with, you know, there, London was really the center of sort of fashion photography. There was a lot of interesting things going on at that point. Yeah. The, I mean, I got to assist. There was a guy called Lee Jenkins, John Akers at that point. Oh. So I got to work on all those Italian Vogue jobs uh, I got to work for all these people afterwards. Um, a lot of connections that I'd met. So yeah, it's sort of like I met, like Salister McKim, who I'm, I'm a good, you know, I work for now. He's at ID. I met him when he was with Edwards, and I was working with a guy called Tesh, photographer yeah. called Tesh. And then I started to get some New York photographers as well. It was quite funny. That I sort of got this reputation, and because I was, and the weird thing is because. I was the only black assistant. People sort of remembered me because I was an anomaly on set in some ways. I mean, there were stylists like Gianni right. Cugi who was styling, and there was Edward who was styling, and then you had makeup and, and hair, Pat, Johnny and, Sapong yeah. and Pat and people like that. But I was, there wasn't, there was hardly any others, and I was one of the ones. And I ended up then working for a guy, I ended up working for Mark Hom. Mm-hmm. So I, I and I learned a lot from Mark at that point. He's still doing a lot of portraiture and traveling when he was an art partner. And I got to spend a lot of time in Paris. Uh, and then there was a Simon Emmett who was photographing a lot oh, of beauty at that point. Emmett. He was doing French Vogue. So I got to see all these worlds. And yeah, I ended up going on these other jobs. And then I ended up working for Stephen Klein, uh, who Klein. I'm. You really uh, got, went through the, the, the yeah. <laughs> the book. I met some great people like Robbie Fermano, who I'm still great friends with now. Robbie was great, and he taught me a lot. And he was really, really 
really, really good person. And I worked for them a lot in Europe. And I'm still friends with Robbie now. And I have a lot of my New York connections as well came out of that period with people. And then I worked for Corinne Day a few years, sort of assisted her and sort of lit, sort of was assistant, also lighting director. And we did a lot of, that was really interesting and good for my confidence and all the knowledge that I had and working on creating pictures with her, just the lighting wise and what she was trying to do. Uh, so that was really good, but I didn't, and I, and I also met, you know, at that point, Jamie Perlman, who had just come home from America to go to British Vogue. Uh, I'm, you know, obviously for that period, I met Kate Feely and Robin Derrick. Who was, I was going to say it was Verity Parker that um, Verity was there intro- as well. Introduced the two of us. Yeah, Verity was there. She was um, an assistant. She was working for Kate. Yeah, she was Kate's assistant. So a lot of those people, I came up through that period of time. Um, and, you know, I obviously I'd assisted with Josh Olins and Dan Jackson and, and, and a whole load of photographers who were, you know, Lachlan Bailey are all doing their thing in, in, in more in fashion. But I didn't want to do fashion. <laughs> so right. my whole, it's been a story, Mike. It's quite interesting. It's quite funny. But, yeah, I didn't, I, I liked fashion, but I didn't, and, and it's probably because I was so academic. One photographer had said to me, you're going to have problems because you know too much. <laughs> yeah, you like, that, I, I, I can. So I was navigating that. And also, you know, being aware that I was black as a photographer. And yeah, trying to negotiate the industry was quite, it was quite weird. It was quite, you know, and I just didn't have any interest in photographing models i tried it and i didn't really care but i was interested in was I, and then i was trying to find well so i have to make some money i don't come from a wealthy background how do i have any form of career in this i could go in a hard art route but financially how am i going to survive and right. all these realities would kick in because assisting i could i could survive but photography yeah, no, wise yeah because that, that was a moment for sure when you know good first assistants were hard to come by and um i always used to joke i wanted to start an agency for first assistance yeah it was difficult and i think the, the, the problem being also is like yeah and also production values and it was a strange period because i'd come for a period of looking at photography and, and it was about mood and, and then suddenly it shifted to just being about product right about photographing the product so it was it was a very different approach in the noughties and I guess socially and culturally it was very different and I just decided I, I actually want to photograph interesting women why is it that the only women I see in magazines are women who either stick thin or a model or someone so it, it just didn't make any sense to me where there's interesting women who are CEOs who there's oh, women in, in, in literature so I decided I'm to go there with literature. you I used to tell, I remember in high school saying to some friends who were like, oh, I want to be on the cover of Vogue. And I thought, oh, God, no, I, you, you should want to be on the cover of Time magazine. For yeah, exactly. That you did. You know, you should. So I, it, I'm, we're aligned on that as well. Which has led to me working on that project with you, because that's what I was doing, all these women in art portfolios. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of, in some ways, what I was realizing, it was kind of a, a, comp, a good compromise between my sensibilities right. and actually having a place in the industry and career. And I was still doing personal projects, but 
it was very different what was going on at the time. And then, you know, I, I actually did really well making that kind of work. Um, but then I basically got to a point, if I have to photograph enough. So what happened is that I also realized the constraints of the magazines. And I also realized that, okay, so you're just in the end now going to produce a facsimile of something that you've done before. There was no real dialogue. It was just um, delivery. And for me, I'd hit a point where I just didn't want to do that anymore. And it wasn't interesting me. And uh, I just think the conversation for me was done. I said all I, I could say or wanted to say, and I needed to move away and I think the big pivot so I I basically what I decided to do was kind of and I think the last time I came to I think one of the times I came to New York I was already in that transition so I basically was about to destroy everything I did before oh, no. and go Never down a destroy it. <laughs> well well not destroy yeah. but sort of remove myself right and I was basically going full circle back to the practice that I came from but in some ways I was older and I understood what I wanted to say and how I was going to say it. So what I'm trying to say that this process wasn't something that was a failure. It was just part of the journey to get to where. Right. It was like your, your pivot. And yeah, I I, I love, I love the way you put it. It's brilliant. Yeah. It's just a part of the journey. What do you think you're most proud of so far in your career? I think now, if you, can, if you can pinpoint it, I think, you know, I, I really like what I did, you know, before, and I was really glad that I was able to come in and just make this mark of like women, you know, important and interesting. I think now for me, the, the, the two things that I think I'm proud of at the moment is the Invisibles project, which I made about the homeless. Um, ID ran that a couple of years ago. Uh, that where was amazing. We, we had an exhibition and we raised money for shelter and it it's going to appear in a couple of books this year. I think in one book, which is by Aperture. Oh, um, wonderful. Photos. So yeah, it was, I'm really proud of that. And, and what made me more proud of that was this thing of where, you know, we, we think about just people seeing in our industry, but I got a DM message from two volunteers working homeless charities and, and they said, you know, for me, I, I was a little bit like, you know, what is this really about? And actually, you know, Alistair kind of made me finish it because <laughs> I wasn't going to finish it. I got into real turmoil about what's the what is the reason of this? And then, you know, Alistair do it for ID and went in his first issue as an editor. Oh, great. And, yeah, I'm really proud of that. And I think, you know, people DMing and saying that it really highlighted and it was really important what you did. For me, that, that means more than anything else, that there's people who it's really touching outside the realms of industry. Or, no, of course, when you can really make a, an impact, you know, human to human. Um, yeah, really important. It was interesting because Alex Soff has just did this book with the inmate where and it was about this email dialogue that he had this inmate saying that how much that his, his book had touched him and it was really interesting you know we, it's really important that human emotion and 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 touching people and and and, and, and I mean, obviously the book you know what yeah, which is which has been you know for me which was, to say the title something that seems so familiar becomes distant yeah and that was you know what it was kind of all about and yeah, it was, you know, to 
to do that, produce the work and then design it and just logistically pulling out was, was a massive learning curve and it was amazing. And it's funny to find, you know, I've heard photographers talk about when you see your first book, it's quite, and to see it was really emotional and it actually was the first time that I'd actually contextualize what was going on because during the period I was, so how it started was that I decided, I'd been deciding to make journals. So what was really great about what had happened in my career was that I decided that I wanted to make, um, I wanted to control things. I wanted to make things that were outside of editorial, but not turn my back on editorial. Could I find a way to have these conversations through an editorial position and outside that? Um, so, so with that in mind, what do you think is next for you? Like you've, you've produced this beautiful book. You're, you've been so busy. What, what do you have any goals or do you see anything that's next? Yeah, there's always goals for me. I don't say, I think goals is the wrong word. For me, it's about having a, for me, photography and what I'm doing is trying to have a constant investigation in the world. And, you know, I, I think, you know, I'm really happy in the sense that I have magazines like ID that allow me to have these conversations. And then I've got, you know, I'm allowed, I'm able to find a way to putting out in a book form or an exhibition. You know, I'm thinking like to, turn some stuff into an exhibition i think would be really do another one of those when it's possible right at this moment in time it's not um yeah and, I, and there's there's a couple of long-form projects i want to achieve and you know and also there's a reality of also you know making money and it, i've sort of understood how that could work as well so i think it's just about producing more interesting work and pushing where I can go within editorial and within other practices, other other places of dialogue of the work. I think for me, that's more my goal. So I don't think I've ever been, rightly or wrongly, I don't think I've ever been the person who's got, I really want to be on a cover, do a cover of Vogue, or I really want to do, and that's not wrong. It's right. just, that's not me. And I think that's an important thing that in life that I've got to, and why this period hasn't been so difficult for me in a way, because I realized what I wanted to do had to be right for me and to enjoy that. Whereas before I was probably a bit fearful of saying that. I, um, I, I can completely relate to that too, because while I haven't produced um, a book and done the amazing things you've done, I feel like during this period I've lost a lot of the fear and I've been able to really think about what's important to me. So it's it's been a valuable time. Yeah, I think it's important. And I think... The younger me in this same situation, and that's why I'm saying, like, I don't look back and regret anything because I don't. There may be some things that I go, oh, maybe that you could have, but that's who I was at that point in time. And I'm kind of like, well, this is how you are now. And you wouldn't have got to this point of knowledge without of going through that experience. You know, you wouldn't have understood how the world works to understand that and where you are at now as, as a person in, in, in the world. Uh, you, you know, as a, you know, and I, I think that's, I think it's it's really important to sort of be aware and understand why you're doing something um, because I think it sets you up um, and, and also accepting who you are. Right. Well, that you know. sounds like great advice and wisdom in general and um, certainly for younger people today going into our crazy industry. I think it's tough. I think it's tough because of the, 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 the different pressures and yeah. 
financially as well, you know, all those things, but also about the, the pressure of what success is. Right. How do you, yeah, exactly. How do you measure it and how do you, um, what's enough for you as a person, you know, individually? It's very, that's the, that's the big exis, existential question. <laughs> I think also quickly, I think, you know, because I think because we're running out of time is just, I think we've had a, we have a problem where we think careers are only youth and very short spans and actually the reality is your career it's like yeah you might achieve that then but you know you've got a whole life span yeah, whole life of making exactly. work or career um my mother was constantly progressing up into the time she she retired she'd moved from a nurse to a to a health visitor to a cognitive therapist you know it wasn't standing still and i think everything is a basis for something later on no, completely. For me, no, no, that's, but that's wonderful advice too. It should be, you know, you're building on things. And, and as you said before, you're on a journey and your, your journey just um, is, is inspiring to me for sure. And I, I can't wait till we get to collaborate again soon. Or see each other. <laughs> yeah, or see each other. Well, yeah, definitely see each other. <laughs> it's been a pleasure. Likewise, my, um, my biggest my pleasure. Thanks for listening to the CoLab Career Stories. Follow us on social media at Join the CoLab and join us so you can tell your story.